Hi, it's Kristen. This is unofficially episode 13 of Fab Entrepreneurs. Rachel is unexpectedly traveling this week, so I thought I would come on and just talk a little bit about the books I'm reading. I am an avid reader and I love learning, and I went to a thrift store and saw a ton of business books, so I grabbed them and I've started reading a few of them. These are all books, most of which I have known and have heard of and generally know the gist of, so you probably do too, but I haven't ever actually read them because a lot of them are a bit older. So I thought it would be time to start. And so I'll just go through, I've started one, two, three, I've started reading four of them and I have two more that I haven't yet. So if you have read these or you are interested in reading these, let me know. Maybe we can start up a little book club, which I think would be kind of fun. Okay. So the first book that I have been reading is Blue Ocean Strategy by W. Chen Kim, which is about how to create uncontested market space and make the competition irrelevant. And this is a marketing book, obviously. And the basic premise is that you know, if you start a product, start to sell a product or you start a company in a crowded market, how do you stand out, right? You are, I think it describes it as a red sea and you just can't get ahead and it's crowded and there's no fish and you can't really get, like you're struggling for attention. And how do you create that blue ocean where it's just you in the water. And he looks, or maybe it's a, I'm assuming it's, I don't know, W. Chan Kim, um, <laughs> uh, looks at what it takes to not only do your own thing, but just, and not only like take over the market, but create an entirely new market. And that's one of the things that Rachel and I have been talking about is, you know, when you do what you love and you don't really care what other people are doing and you don't necessarily follow the trends and you follow what you like, you know, you can create this new market for yourself. But, and this is the, this is the thing that at least eluded me for the longest time is if you are setting yourself apart from everyone else in your market, because it's not really your market, you know, you're, if you want to create a new market, how do you do that and have people find you? Because it's not that your product and whatever you're selling doesn't have an audience. It's that you're, you have to create your new audience because they're not necessarily like, it's not like you're stealing them from the, you know, original market. Let, let me give you the example of, um, let me, let me get to it so I can <laughs> quote 
let me give you the example of um, he starts off describing circuses. So there's the Ringling Brothers, there's Barnum and Bailey, and we're all generally familiar with what those circuses offer. And I think we're all generally aware that not only were they coming under fire for um, animal rights, but, you know, also it was like very, very expensive. It was kind of starting to be a little outdated. The ticket sales were like way down. And so when Cirque du Soleil entered, which is a circus, they took you know, they took the acrobats and they took a few other elements that people liked from the circus. They eliminated the animals, which eliminated so much cost. And because they've sort of reinvented it, they reinvented what it means to go to the circus. And so the people who love Barnum and Bailey's might also like Cirque du Soleil, but people who weren't interested in the circus before, people who liked theater, for example, suddenly want to buy a ticket. You know what I'm saying? Um, he also looks at the wine industry. And this is a little, this was written quite a few years ago. So this might be a little outdated information just because I keep seeing all these interviews about, or all these articles about how the wine market is changing. But for the longest time, um, the wine industry would talk about like what year it was, the kind of grape, the, the vineyard it came from, how complex it was. And there was a lot of sort of, you had to kind of know about wine to sort of feel like you were drinking the best wine because otherwise how could you choose, right? And so Yellowtail came in and you know they kind of eliminated all of that they were like oh we're this fun wine company from australia and look how easy it is to pick wine you like this then you're gonna like this you know and so instead they didn't really go after that pretentious california kind of um, stereotype, they went after people who drink beers or ready uh, or already made cocktails, you know. And so they captured a completely new set of people by just by changing the marketing. Okay, so I'm still in the middle of this, but it's it's really fascinating to look at these different case studies. And I think it's especially relevant, as I said before, because we do talk about not necessarily following trends and and following the market and so if you do that how do you capture a new audience right because that's essentially what you're doing okay the next book that i am reading and actually, you know what, I'm going to, so I call this unofficially episode 13, because if you want to find out more information about these books, or if you want to buy them yourself, I'm going to have links up the names, the authors, and I'll just link to Amazon, but you know, you can buy obviously your books from wherever you want. Uh, so if you're looking for these books, check out our website, fabentrepreneurs.com. And 
episode 13 for all of this information. Okay, so the next book I'm reading is called Ask and It Is Given, Learning to Manifest Your Desires. And this is definitely a law of attraction book. And so I know some people are like really into it and some people are really not. And that's fine. The (laughs) reason I actually picked it up is because there are, and I would recommend this to everyone, whether you like the law of attraction or you think it's dumb. I like, I really don't care what your personal beliefs are. I would recommend this to you because the second half of the book is, has 22 different activities on your mindset on how to improve, you know, like say you're in a bad mood, how to like get yourself out of a bad mood and how to feel better. And I know I can be really guilty of wallowing when something bad happens. And so that's actually why I picked up this book. And I actually wasn't even going to read the first half of it. I was like, I think I already know this, whatever. (laughs) Um, You know, think happy thoughts and get happy things in life. You know, what, what more could you possibly say to me? But I started reading the first half of it anyway. And it was, I actually find it really inspiring, mostly because um, I am kind of obsessed with this idea, and I have been for years, of having what I think, I don't remember who says this, but having like a beginner's mind, which is you come to every situation asking yourself, what can I learn from this? And how, like, what what's the lesson here? You know, it's never going into something being like, well, I know everything because we can definitely do that. And I can definitely do that. And it talks about how children are so eager to learn and create and just even be joyful. Like even if something bad happens to a kid, you know, five seconds later, they're off and running and they're onto the next thing. And so I really appreciated that. And I actually found it kind of inspiring. Um, but oh, so the, the, actually, let me talk about this really quickly. I haven't re- read all through all 22 processes. And some of them are super, super simple. Uh, you know, like, I think one of them is like, meditating, which I've talked about before. And that's the thing with some of the stuff that makes you feel good is that like, it's so easy to do and we just don't do it. And this kind of goes back to the episode that we talked about on productivity. Oh, episode 11, um, which I'll also link in the show notes where like, if it's not hard, it doesn't sometimes seem worth doing. And maybe meditating to you is hard, but there are other activities that are just as like kind of easy. And you're like, this is ridiculous. This is really going to help. And yes, it really, really does. But it's so easy that we're just like, that can't work, you know? Um, but anyway, if that's you, you can like pick a different one. (laughs) Okay. So another book that I'm reading that I actually, I haven't gotten that far into it. I think I'm like only two or three chapters in one chapter in, Um, is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And I remember this book growing up. I think my mom actually like got together and played 
like the because there's like a game that goes with it I think my mom like got together with other people and played the game but I was never taught any of this and so like when I saw the book I was like I already know this like I know you're supposed to invest and then I was like you know but I don't invest and maybe this will teach me to invest so anyway I picked it up and one of the things that's really stuck out so far well okay so this is kind of the first lesson in the first chapter which is um that so okay so he's working for like his rich dad and the rich dad is paying him 10 cents an hour to do this job whatever the job is and after a few weeks he's like this is really dumb i want to raise i can't believe i'm doing all of this work for 10 cents an hour and the rich dad is like, oh, well, you know, there's a reason I'm doing this and there's a lesson here and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> um, the general interesting, let's skip to the chase here. The point is rich dad says there are four different types of people in the world when it comes to money and jobs and working. And one is the kind of person who will get their 10 cents an hour, which I guess in today's world would be like five or seven bucks an hour, um, and be really grateful for it. You know, it's not enough to do what you want, to live how you want, to do whatever, but you know, they're still really grateful that they have money coming in. And the second kind of person is the kind of person who is, will go to the to their job and collect that paycheck and be super resentful and know that they are worth more and know that they are you know producing more and should have more but they don't know how to do it and so they just resent their job and their boss and you know they just kind of have a chip on their shoulder um the third kind of person knows that they're worth more, but doesn't know how to get it. And so they just kind of end up not doing much. And the fourth kind of person is the kind of person who creates their own money. And presumably this book is going to be about how to create your own money. And then he tells the story about how he first created his own money uh, because his, so after he asked for a raise, the rich dad was like, actually, I'm not going to pay you anything at all. And I still expect you to work. And from that, he created his first business. He just saw, you know, this opportunity and he was like, let's do it. Let's, you know, make money. And so he and his little friend, and they, set it up and and ran a business and it wasn't very long it was only like a few weeks or maybe a few months and it wasn't like you hear about today where like oh this little 10 year old made a million dollars over the summer like it's not like that like they you know they made like maybe like 10 bucks or something or i don't know 50 or 100 like not much i mean for kids you know okay so but the point is it was super super interesting to me because I've had that situation happen so many times where I see something and I'm like, this would be an amazing business. It would be so easy and you can make so much money doing it. And then I've always stopped 
there and I've never followed through. And I loved this kid follows through. And I think part of the reason that he followed through actually was because, you know, he had the support of his rich dad. He had his friend there who was willing to do it. And he ended up getting like his sister involved as well. And like when I think about all of the different times, like part of the reason it's taken me so long to like really like be visible and do all of this stuff myself and go into business just for myself was because I was like waiting for the perfect partner and or the perfect something because even though inherently we're alone and <laughs> we need to believe in ourselves, having someone else believe in us and support us goes really, really, really far. And, and so I think that's part of the reason that he was able to make it so successful. And I think too, a lot of that has to do with mindset, you know, because he, his rich dad was teaching him to create money and his, his friend there was also learning the same lessons that he was about money and businesses. And, and so that really pushed him to do this and I never had that push. I was always, you know, I was never like told no, but I was always like, well, if you want to do this, like it's probably not going to work out. And, you know, there's all these restrictions and there's all this, and there's all that. But if you want to do it, I guess you can. And like, that is not very encouraging. I would rather go play. Right. Um, so, but it, it like, but the point is that it's super encouraging because we all have those moments. Oh, there's like this really famous quote where this guy is like, you know, he says ideas are a dime a dozen. You don't need a good idea <laughs> to have a great business. And it's so true. What you need is follow through. What you need is consistency. What you need is a whole structure in place. You need a business. Your idea is not necessarily the most important thing. Okay, so <laughs> moving on, the next book I'm reading is called Money Isn't the Problem, You Are, which is by Gary Douglas. And this is actually the one that I have not heard of until very recently. A friend recommended it to me. And, but it came out a while ago. Let me see. Yeah, oh, it came out in 2006. Okay, so this is actually a really fast read. I'm almost done with it. And it's actually in, written very succinctly. So that can be good and bad because like the guy, Gary Douglas, he wrote it. And so like one chapter, like he, he, he like wants to make a point. So he just does. He's like, here's the point, the end. <laughs> and then like, I'm used to like, telling a story and then making the point and then reinforcing the story and then reinforcing that story and then making the point again, you know, so it really drives it home and he doesn't do that. He's just like, here you go. This is what you need. And so it's really up to you to integrate what he says into your life because it's not like it just sticks in there. He doesn't drive the point home. Um, but it's really interesting. He talks a lot about what, well, mm, what I really particularly enjoy is the language aspect. 
there's <laughs> actually I read this page to a friend of mine on Monday and I won't read it to you but I'll summarize because she was talking about you know how like if she's supposed to be following her passion why is it so hard and so so this this book is all about like what do definitions mean right and what are we actually saying and what are we doing right because if our thoughts kind of inform our reality what what is that what does it do if we're using incorrect wording verbiage um, definitions all that so anyway he talks about passion and how the word passion comes from the greek word for suffering and martyrdom and how you should not follow your passions we should actually follow what we love to do and this was something that kind of took me a little bit i i had to really think about this one because again, he doesn't like, it's just like one page. It's not like he drives it home, right? You kind of have to do a lot of work yourself. Um, and then I was thinking about it and like, you know, I'm not passionate about knitting necessarily. I like to knit, but I'm not passionate about it. And, and then I thought about like, what am I passionate about? And the things that I'm passionate about, especially like food and food reform and why well, we don't actually need to get into it because the things that I'm passionate about I feel very very strongly about and I actually choose not to work in those areas because they do raise my blood pressure so much <laughs> because I'm so uh, uh, like I'm so involved and invested in them and I want change for these things so badly and I can't dedicate my life to that because it is just like he says, it's suffering. It's, it's so personal. Okay. So, you know, he says, if you want to make money, do what you love. And if you do what you love, you have to be willing to receive money for love. And then he, of course, you know, likens it to, he says, you have to be willing to be a prostitute, but get rid of that judgment because really it's when we do something that we don't love that we're prostituting ourselves for money. And that really struck a chord with me because again, this goes back to thinking about like what comes easy to us and what our gift is and if it's our gift and it's so easy, how can we be paid for something if it's not hard work? If we didn't, you know, we have to feel like we earn it. We have to feel like we're being productive. It has to be difficult, right? I mean, it doesn't, but at least I have that kind of perception that if something is super easy and it takes me three seconds to do what would normally take a person, you know, a day or a week but you know, it's just my gift. Like, why should I get paid for that? I can just do it without a problem, you know? And so it's kind of that re-examining your belief system and yeah, getting paid for what you love to do, getting paid for what's easy. Why not? Right. All right. And so I have two more left. I haven't started these, but I'm really excited about them. One is called the greatest salesman in the world by Og Mandino. 
It says, you can change your life with the priceless wisdom of 10 ancient scrolls handed down for thousands of years. I don't really, I mean, so obviously this is about sales. <laughs> and I've heard about it. Everyone says it's amazing. And it almost, like as I'm flipping through it right now, it almost looks like it is written in narrative form. So yeah, I'll keep you, I'll update you guys. <laughs> if you read it, let me know. I'm curious what your thoughts are. And then the other one I picked up, I don't normally read books like this. But then I was like, why not? Why don't I read books like this? So the last one is called Awaken the Giant Within. How to take immediate control of your mental, emotional, physical, and financial destiny. And it's by Anthony Robbins. says he is the expert, acknowledged expert in the psychology of change, and he provides a step-by-step -step program teaching the fundamental lessons of self-mastery that will enable you to, to discover your true purpose, take control of your life, and harness the forces that shape your destiny. And, you know, it says number one national bestseller, and there people have scribbled notes in this, <laughs> um, because like I said, I bought them used. And I don't know, stuff like this, I... You know, if it's super popular and it looks gimmicky, I usually stay away from it. But it is really popular. It does have all these testimonials about changing his life. It even has an index in the back so you can like quickly find where you need to get to, I guess. Yeah, I haven't started reading it yet. Um, yeah. So. Hopefully it'll be great. Um, I mean, it can't not be great. There will definitely be something there to learn. Look, I'm already judging it already, even though I just talked about how like you need to have a child's mind and be excited about everything. So <laughs> clearly I have more work to do. Um, but that is what I am reading this week and probably for the next few weeks. I would love to hear what you are reading. And if you have read any of these books or if you want to read any of these books, come to the Facebook group. You can find the links on our website, fabentrepreneurs.com. And let me know what you either think of these books or what you're reading. Uh, and hopefully Rachel and I will be back next week. So see you then. Bye.